And welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast on Thursday, the 22nd of September. Uh, morning, Phil. How are you? I'm a bit husky, Andrew, as you know. So I think that might be a bit of a cold, but it's been a bit of an emotional week as well. So, you know. anyway, I'm ready to go and chat to you. I'm sure all the, the lady listeners will love your husky voice. Um, <laughs> you may be feeling husky. I'm feeling, I'd love to know, why is it so difficult to try and talk to a broadband provider? I deal with Virgin. I, it takes you about an hour and a half to be able to get an answer, a simple answer from a Virgin broadband whatever i got it in the end and what's amazing you, you eventually persuade them after getting transferred through just about every area and city in india uh, eventually i managed to get through to somebody who actually said actually what they're saying you can't do you can do we can move your number from bt to virgin and oh by the way i'll give you a discount on your bill they always give you a discount on your bill if you ring up which is ludicrous and then oh yeah we'll speed up your broadband and we'll give you a new router why do i have to ring up to get it as well it's just crazy why is it like that for you're the technology analyst tell me well, um, we had a Virgin Media person around our house. Uh, we were getting our fibre uh, fiber connection upgraded, but it te- did take an awful lot of getting there to get them around. They're owned by Liberty Media, but I mean, I've, I've, I've got to say, I'm not here to advertise Virgin, but when it does actually work, it is bloody good. And I've got their uh, mobile offering as well. But uh, the, the big why, Andrew, you would have thought by now. They would have got it all sorted, and they are communications companies after all. It should be easy to get through to them. Yeah. I mean, it's a great business, really, because of course you pay your bill every month, and you know you sort of forget what you're subscribing for, and there's not a lot of cost them once you're set up. Uh, so it is a good business model. But there yeah. we go. Look, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in the world, so we probably shouldn't just talk about my bloody Virgin, whatever. Uh, we've literally just seen interest rates go up uh, another half percent to 2.25 percent. Um, but I mean, we're not the only people putting up interest rates. The whole world and his wife is is uh, throwing up interest rates. We've had Switzerland and Norway also raising their rates today. Uh, and of course, everybody, the headlines are all, you know, sterling is, you know, collapsing, going to new lows. This is actually absolute rubbish. What is happening is the dollar is strengthening like I don't know what. In fact, so much so against the Japanese yen, that the Japanese government actually um, have stepped into to buy yen to try and prop it up. Um, so if you think that sterling's weak, you should look at the yen. Uh, so there's a lot of confusion. It's the dollar that is strong. And of course, the dollar is strong because it's seen as a safe haven uh, and people are looking for a safe haven. Um, just there's that. Uh, I don't know what, what maybe actually whilst I got you, there's a, there's a lot of talk obviously at the moment with uh, we've got a actually apparently you're not supposed to call it a mini budget, but there's a whatever, a flash budget tomorrow or whatever. What, what's your view on trickle-down economics? Are you in Liz Trust camp that it works, or are you in Joe Biden's camp that it doesn't work? Well, ha-ha, depends how much trickles down and how much that costs, ultimately, what it adds to our national debt. Um, because you could quickly find ourselves, you know, having to pay more to help service that. It's a, tr- it's a tricky one, is all trickle-down. Um, I think I think ultimately there's always been a sort of thesis if you do give people a bit more money they will spend but we're in quite a cautious environment um, you know you might ease 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 some pain but I don't think you're going to ease the general caution around sort of spend mm, a tough question there Andrew to start with 
No, that was a bit of a politician's answer. You didn't really answer the question, but don't worry. It doesn't no, matter. of course not. Let, let's move on. The <laughs> other thing, of course, you know, here I am talking about the dollar strength. I mean, the dollar is extraordinarily strong. We're even now sort of people talking. I don't we'll quite get there, but parity of the uh, of sterling to the, the dollar, which would be quite extraordinary. I am not expecting us to get there, by the way, just so people aren't clear. Um, obviously, the euro has gone straight through that and is trading at 0.98 to the uh, uh, the dollar. Um, things don't move in straight lines, so I actually think that probably sterling will rebound in the end. But what it does mean is that we are going to have more, and we discussed this the whole time, more and more takeovers from the US because the UK looks so bloody cheap to them. Um, and uh, that's what's happening, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, it is. And we've got tech companies that are very rich in IP uh, that have super customer bases. And uh, yes, very sad to see. Um, and particularly we're seeing this in the in the software space at the moment. We've we've, we've been through that. But yeah, likely to continue with the strength of the, the strength of the dollar for sure. But let's hope that we have got some good tech companies that are performing well enough to, uh, you know, when we come through this a bit to to get listed. And replace some of those that we are we are losing. But uh, I mean, like later on in the podcast, we'll just go through some of the tech tech results from smaller companies, and and there are quite a few good results coming through. I don't know if you, but just to just a hint of what might be to come, and on the subject of currency, um, I don't know if you saw that Accenture uh, had a trading update twenty uh, second. What is that? Is that today? Is twenty second today? Yeah, it is. Twenty second um, is today. Yes. Yeah, it is. There we are. So. Uh, and they uh, they were saying that first quarter revenue is set to be below expectations, weighed down by IT spending cuts among high inflation and impact of the stronger dollar on business for them. Um, and you've been saying this about you know eventually that IT spending is likely to uh, is to soften, but I mean it, it, the the currency side of things is already. You know, has been has been commented on by like Microsoft, Salesforce, and IBM. I mean, they you know they do an awful lot of selling overseas, um, and it's a, and it's a dollar business, and everything gets translated back. So, you know, it's get dollar products get more expensive to buy overseas. So, yeah, that was interesting to see from Accenture. Yeah, well spotted, but I mean, it, it, it's it's common sense sort of as well. I'll tell you another one, a little bit sort of on a global picture, which is slightly off off track. I don't know if you, do you know PG&E Corp over in the States? Uh, yes, I do. This is a big, uh, it's a big utility, isn't it? It is, big, and it's the one that, uh, it's the one that Erin uh, Brockovich, or Brock, Brock, what her name is, you know, sued for, um, uh, and the film was made. Um, and they seem to always have catastrophes, don't they? Yeah, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've got a big uh, ba- battery storage plant, yeah. it's a Tesla lithium one. Well, the whole bloody thing just just burst into flames and is going up in smoke, uh, which is, of course, the problem. We all know that lithium batteries have thermal runaway. Everybody knows it, but they keep on buying them. Who cares? A good fire every now and then. Doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, there you go. This was, I mean, that facility, this was a PG&E Monterey facility in California. Apparently it's 183 megawatts, big old facility using Tesla Megapack product, but it was only commissioned in April. Anyway, they did, uh, they, they eventually got the fire out, isolated it down to a single battery pack, but it certainly shows what can uh, can happen with this technology. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there we go. 
me being a bit naughty, uh, just throwing it in there. Uh, right, let's. Uh, there's been actually a lot of the figures were today, actually, weren't they? But you may have had some before today. Do you want to kick off and run through any that you want to talk about first? Um, yeah, we can do actually. Yeah, they, you say it's just been the last couple of days, actually. Right, so let's get get on with a few that. Uh, and, and this is uh, this is a company we commented on before. Um, uh, and this is my this is always one of my great PA investing regrets. Uh, Judges Scientific JDG is the ticker for it. Two million market cap. Um, it's had its interims. This is a company I met ten years ago and thought, what a cracker! And they put my money in. Hey hey. But uh, they uh, they acquire businesses uh, with scientific instrumentation. Um, across a whole bunch of technologies. You know, it's a portfolio, what I call a portfolio company. Um, and they have within it, they um, testing for optical fibers. Um, they have chemical vapor deposition uh, technology for thin film deposition. This is used in things like semiconductors and photovoltaics and fire testing instrumentation. They've got detectors for scan electron microscopes, all the stuff that you need uh, when you're developing new products. Um, or you're researching in laboratories, and it's a you know it's an international company. Uh, but they're the interims. Um, their sales were up by eight um, percent, um, and that dropped nicely down to its operating profits, uh, the pre-tax profits, and they were up thirteen percent to nine point six million on sales of forty six point four million. Um, I think they saw the yeah the order books organic order intake was up four percent. So I think there's a sort of stronger prior period recovery as well. So it's e easing off, but still recovering there. So uh, performing very well indeed. And they have said they expect to be significantly ahead of market expectations. So it was judges scientific. So I saw that one, Andrew. We love that phrase, significantly ahead. It's terrific. I'll tell you another one which uh, does acquisitions, which hasn't been performing nearly so well. And annoyingly, I have it in my mother's IHT portfolio as a debt technology, and they had an AGM statement this week. Mm -hmm. Don't know if you saw that. It was all right, but it's been a really disappointing stock to come to. It's down about 50% so far year to date. Um, and it's off its, it's well off its peak at about uh, just over 400p, I think. It's down at about 114p. Not not been a good success. Very disappointing. Anyway, yeah. sorry. No need to mention that. Just just don't know why I did. There you go. Moving on. Moving on. What else have you seen? Moving on swiftly. Zoo Digital. Uh, oh again, yes. Yeah. One we've uh, again one we've discussed on this podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it is uh, surprisingly is ZOO for Zoo. Uh, 126 million market cap. They've had an AGM trading update. Um, and this is, yeah, anyone that watches the old digital streaming channels, um, particularly like Netflix, uh, where there is, uh, you know, a terrific portfolio of, of, of films, TV programs in overseas languages, well, to say overseas non-English languages, that's a better way of putting it. Zoo Digital is software that is used for subtitling um, uh, for media and they also provide dubbing services uh, what we call media localization services and this is for tv and the movie industry the film industry as well so they got production facilities in california um, and in london and in the uea and they have said um, that uh, their revenues for the first half are expected to be at least 51 million dollars um up from 27 million dollars uh blimey uh yeah growth of 89 percent in excess of 17 percent over the, sec the second 
par for full year 22. So I think most of that is organic growth. Um, but they said we expect to deliver significant increase in EBITDA compared to the comparative period in the um, in fiscal prior fiscal 22 period. So going uh, going great guns, I think is all we can say about uh, about Zoo Digital, and it's being reflected in the share price. So well worth taking a look at. As you say, we've mentioned it quite a few times before, and we should ring a bell. I think every time we have the significant ahead or significant increases you know ding ding there we go it's another one anyway yeah. carrying on carrying yeah. on what else we got Phil? right yeah well it's good to see in this environment where you may think that all businesses are you know under well, for sure under pressure but so there's a number here that are thriving uh keyword studios uh, kws is the ticker um again this is an international so you know it's a it's a it's not a multinational sized company, but it's a it's a classic UK tech company that's operating internationally um, and they provide technical services to the global video games industry. Um, so they do the art creation for the games the you know, the actual game software development, functional testing of it. And, the, and of course, the localization like the you know, localization services in the same way that uh, Zoo do for the movie industry, they're doing it for the games industry. Um, and they reported their first half revenue up 35% to 320 million euros. Um, organic within that organic growth was 20, just an, under 22%. And we always look at the organic growth versus the acquired, of course. Um, and that growth in revenue dropped through to pretext profit growing by 38% of 55 million euros and the margins rising as well. So all very good. And uh, it's at a net cash of 121 million euros. So doing very well indeed there. It's not one I've heard of before. So yeah, well done. Good spot. There you, there you go. Uh, are you going to talk about forward partners? Uh, yeah, I, I can briefly. I've not got the details of forward partners, but I have a look at forward partners. So this is uh, early stage tech uh, investment company. Correct. Yeah. Across uh, across a, a range of technologies and software, and and I think they do have some electronics investments as well. But yeah, that was an that was an interesting statement. They put so their portfolio companies that they've got investments in were generally in the current environment performing pretty well, from what I read. Um, however, the value of the portfolio was down by just under twenty four percent. Yeah, twenty three point nine percent down. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think when they are valuing those companies, they have to take into account the quoted peers. Correct. And the and the yeah, and the market. Uh and of course the you know, as we we discussed the Nasdaq this year is down um I think it's down by about nearly twenty four percent. So you know, tracking tracking it's interesting it's an interesting one this because it's tracking Obviously, they haven't attract the market valuations, but at the same time within it, they've got portfolio companies that are doing well in, you know, a tougher economic climate. Yeah, they've actually got 48 companies in the portfolio now. I mean, the disappointing thing, obviously, was that um, market expectations um, had been that the NAV would only have a decline of 26.4%. Um, but I think, I mean, the killer punch of all of this is it was a flotation, actually a 
about a year ago, I think it was. Yeah. Um, at a pound, uh, did go up to one pound twenty, and now we're down at forty six p. Yet actually, as you say, the underlying companies are doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. In fact, they even say the fundamentals of our portfolio remain strong. We remain confident in their exit potential. Um, so this is a case where, yeah, if this was just private equity. They'd probably be valuing themselves probably, I don't know, 150p. Uh, the stock market's valuing them at 46p. That's the difference between stock markets and private equity. Don't even get me going on the problems of stock uh, markets. No, I'm talking of the problems of stock markets. Yeah. Uh, we did have the, um, the Aquis results. Aquis come into this because Aquis is a technology stock exchange. It is going to be uh, the competitor to the London Stock Exchange. The results were, were probably a, a little bit unexciting, should we say. They're doing all the right things. They're actually making quite good progress. Uh, their cash is pretty good at 13 million. They're making a profit. Um, the stock market is yet to fully make up its mind on Aquis, but London needs a competitive exchange because the London Stock Exchange has just got so sleepy. It's losing so much market share. Um, it's a disaster. Um, I, I believe that Aquis, the problem with Aquis, I think it'll get taken over. The question is we want to get taken over at the right price, not the wrong price. It's trading just under £4 at the moment. The right price is probably like £20. Um, a cheeky bid at £10 just, in my view, would not make me very happy. But it's going up, as you can see. Anyway, there you go. That was Aquis and that was Forward Partners. Um, back over to you, Phil. Right. So uh, Eagle Eye, uh, to go on this one is uh, EYE for I. Uh, this is a, yeah, this is a SaaS technology company. Uh, and they create, uh, well, they said digital connections, enabling personalized real-time marketing. Whoa. Well, if you're using the web and uh, buy that, you know, all about personalized uh, marketing, <laughs> that's for sure. Anyway, this one's doing, you know, again, it's a, you know, it's a tough economic environment and yet doing well. Uh, they reported four year results uh, and their revenue was up. I've not got organic growth in here, but the revenue, top line revenue was up 39% to just under £32 million. Um, they'd increased their recurring revenues, which we're always looking out for in SaaS software companies. Um, to 76% overall, and they said that their EBITDA margin was just over 20% um, and moved to, uh, that's interesting, profit of 0.6 million. So I wonder why, I mean, cash is up to from 0.8 million to 3.6 million. I wonder why it's profits versus its margins. Oh, the net profit is low. Worth it. I'll look further at that one, actually. That's quite interesting. I mean, nonetheless, they're very bullish in their statements. As we can see, the top line is doing well. So I will have a further look at that one, uh, methinks. I think you need to cast your eagle eye over it. Right. I bet you never had that pun before. Uh, well, well spotted there, Andrew. That's a good one. <laughs> um, another, another one. We, this is one we have discussed before, and this is called IQ Geo. Uh, and it's, uh, sorry, I'll spell that, it's I-Q-G-E-O, I-Q-G-O, uh, the ticker is I-Q-G, and they provide, uh, uh, this is oh, this is a really interesting area, um, it's geospatial software, um, and this, we've we started off on the subject of, uh, of telecommunications, uh, and their software is used by telecommunications companies and utility companies um, to basically uh, accurately locate what is in the ground, um, and where they put to, where they plan to put things in the ground, 
Um, and they had stated that, uh, where are we? They're looking, this is, uh, I think this is interim results from them. Um, during the interim period, they won a global top five telecoms operator. Uh, good for them, and they're building out. This operator is building out its 5G networks uh, in the US. So, you know, smaller company winning internationally. Um, they made an acquisition during a period uh, for 30 million euros. I think this is when we last discussed it, and this is um, to do with um, fiber optic network planning uh, and design software that they acquired. But during its yeah during the interim period, they saw their their revenue growth up uh, 75 percent to four and a half million pounds. Uh, total revenue up, um, sales recurring, total revenue up by 44% to 9 million pounds. Well done them. And uh, they moved from an EBITDA loss of 0.4 million into profit of 0.2 million. So, uh, and they got cash of 11 million. So they got plenty, they're, they're well financed uh, and they didn't oversubscribe fundraising three and a half million quid back in August. Um, but yeah, they seem to be motoring very nicely. That's IQGO. Very good. Always good to be in a profit. Yeah. Exactly. Um, have you come across Cambridge Cognition, Andrew? I haven't. Tell me all about it. I tell you, I keep, you know, there's, there's been a lot of news this week. So this is a Cambridge Cognition Holdings. Um, do you know what? I think it is actually based in Cambridge. Uh, the ticket is uh, COG. Um, and they develop uh, digital solutions to access brain health. Uh, and they had their interims uh, for the period ended June. Now, I don't, I have to confess, I don't know a terrific amount of, uh, about the product here, but I bet it, this is the sort of thing that's used to identify sort of early signs of things like, you know, Alzheimer's. Um, so it'll be, you know, it's almost medical testing. Uh, but they saw um, a 31% growth in their revenue to just under £6 million, um, an order intake up 44% to £7.2 million. Um, I, I'm, I'm quite keen. I'm going to look more at this one because I know that this this whole area um, of, uh, you know, brain degeneration with age is obviously it's there's a lot of money going into it. Um, and yeah, and here they say in the uh, the operating highlights that they've launched an, an Alzheimer's validation study um, for its voice-based cognitive assessment solution. Crikey, I better not use a voice-based cognitive assessment solution right now, Andrew, because I I think <laughs> I'm losing mine. So, <laughs> so should we be talking about this with us two farts, old farts, talking <laughs> on this? Uh, so it's it's 40 million market cap, so it's still pretty small. Uh, Nigel Ray. Um, is the largest shareholder with 16%, which is always interesting. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Lombard, Odia, Canaccord, Marlborough International. So it's quite interesting shareholders there for a 40 million market cap company. But you've got AXA down there with 3.3%, uh, Octopus with 45 Um So yeah, you probably, um, it does look quite interesting. The only thing that worries me slightly, I mean, and then, by the way, don't take this as necessarily correct because mm. I was looking at a screen, but it seems to be on a P of about 90 times. Um, but hey, you know, if you're about to discover something amazing, that's what you'd expect. Yeah, it, it kind of, yeah, it is, Andrew. And uh, and it's in a, it's just in one of those areas that uh, is forever, you know, ever increasingly important and probably not too many folks are involved in developing tech for it. Yeah, no, again, uh, interesting one, yeah. 
But there, there, so there we go. Well, that's that's it. Well, hang me. on. I think there's one. Sure. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm going to correct you there. You can't leave it quite there. You, you've, <laughs> you've left one off. All right. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, some figures today. Oh, because you really are. I, I think you need to go back to Cambridge Cognition. What, what you know, Alzheimer's kicking in. <laughs> um, oh dear, I've caught you out badly. Um, Sarah's power. Oh, it's on the front of my sheet, my crib sheet here, Andrew. They had interims today, yeah. didn't they? And yeah, the market did. didn't like them at all. The stock's off uh, 15%. Um, tell us why, if you've got it on your sheet in front of yeah, you. Why didn't I, the market I, like them? Yeah, I do. Uh, the ticker CWR, um, a long-established fuel cell uh, development company. Uh, and, you know, they've got development partnerships with with uh, Weichai in China and Bosch. Um, they're developing manufacturing facilities for fuel cells, looking at fuel cells for vehicles. Um, and they had their, yeah, 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 they had the results, interim results. Um, their revenue was £10 million versus £17 million. Gross profit, £5.3 million versus £12.2 million. Um, yeah, but and, the operating loss was 25 million. Yeah, that's what and, really matters. Absolutely right. Uh, but they do have cash investments of 222 million pounds. Um, now, well, there was a few interesting things in this statement. I I thought. Um, I mean, firstly, they signed a heads of terms agreement with and Bosch for a third manufacturing facility for their products, um, and that's worth 30 million pounds to the company in terms of license fees. Partnership with Shell, um, develop electrolyzer uh, technology. So that's all kind of good. Um, but hidden down in the uh, current trading and outlook, uh, they said that that £30 million license fee uh, for the China JV will be recognized on the establishment of entities in early 2023. And that was previously expected to be recognized half of those fees in 22. Um, so there's a slippage in this. Uh, revenue for the second half of 22 will be similar levels to those in the first half, leading to overall year revenue a lower uh, than 21. So a bit of slippage in progress there for them. Uh, it was. I also see that they're going to move from AIM to the main market because everybody's trying to get off AIM. AIM is a shrink market. People want to go to a growth market. Um, but I think what we're, what we're seeing at the moment, Phil, is that, I mean, Ceres is off its peak of, of um, £1,600 down to £4, so that's 75% off its peak. Yeah. The fuel cell industry is, is, is a very, I mean, it's just as tough as the battery industry. It is tough. There's a lot of people out there with fuel cells. They've been around. They were in Apollo 11 when they landed on the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and we talked, obviously, last week about ITM and their issues and the CEO stepping down, and that stock's crashed. Uh, the fuel cell market, is a very, very tough market to work in. Yeah. And you need to be very well funded. So thankfully they are. Uh, they are and they've got a good corporate structure. It's what yeah. you need in all of this transition energy, as you say, funding and a good corporate structure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on that note, we'll call it a day, shall we? And I uh, hope everyone found that useful. Um, as always, do send us any of your comments. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Tell us we got it wrong. Tell us we got it right, um, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, next week, um, we will find a way somehow to do this. Um, I'm actually down in Cornwall at a Cornish mining conference in Falmouth, uh, but maybe during the lunch break, I'll pop out and record it, or we'll find a way of doing something anyway.
We will. I'm right. looking forward to that, Andrew. Thanks, Phil.